as we worship God in Christ Jesus at Lord of Hosts International Church as Henry Young, the General Overseer of Lord of Hosts International Churches, ministers to you in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord forever. Let me go straight to reminding us that it's a year of justice. It's a year of divine justice. And I said God is not declaring or entering into justice and judgment because he's a wicked or an angry God. But because that's the only way there can be a balance. Imagine the oppressed and the oppressor. How do you heal the wound of the oppressed without judging the oppressor? Are you getting my point? So I don't want this prophetic declaration to make any one of us see God as one angry being that is holding a hammer and waiting for somebody to make one mistake and like one false prophet will say, those days, say gisi. <laughs> God will break your head. That's not who God is. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. Massively merciful. Endlessly gracious ruthlessly compassionate undeniable undeniably affectionate that's who he is but because he's also a righteous God he's also a truthful God he's also an upright God then one of the things he does is judgment he does judgment because human wickedness affects human beings Human wickedness affects human destinies. Human wickedness affects divine purposes. And the only way to balance the system sometimes for God is to execute some judgment. And we are in such a year that from what the Lord has told me, God wants to execute judgment on some people and give reward. To some people. Amen. I was saying yesterday night, even we as human beings, like I told you, it's not a prophetic declaration that I would have wanted. Let me put it that way. But who am I to want? Who am I to want? My job as a servant of God is to hear his word and declare it. The day it is sweet, we bless him. The day it is not sweet, we swallow it. There are sweet medicines like cough medicines, there are bitter ones like camoquin and flagell. The only thing, take water and swallow them so that there can be good health. <laughs> are you with me? But it's important that we know exactly what God is saying and what he wants us to do. When God declares a season of judgment and he speaks about it prophetically to people is actually because he wants those people he's talking to to escape the judgment when god wants to judge and doesn't want you to escape he keeps quiet and goes into judgment right away that's what he does so we are blessed that he's speaking to us it's a year of divine justice and like i said justice does not only mean judgment justice comprises of both judgment and um, reward. Amen. 
The word justice actually means to put the law into action. That's what it means, to put the law into action. That's why they, they, you hear people say, let all the people that committed social crime be brought to justice. Pastor Barra, am I right? It means let the law take its course on those people. Now, but we are not talking of human justice. Though part of the methods God will use to execute his justice this year is human justice too. You know, God is so wonderful. God is so, so almighty. God is so all in charge that even in the crooked, perverse system, he knows how to use the wicked and set up the wicked and judge the wicked and destroy the wicked and then destroy the destroyer later. The way I know God to operate, I seriously believe that what we destroy Buhari from will come from around him. The same monsters he raised will eat him. And let me beg you, as I share what I want to share this morning, please hearken and use it. Because one of the things the Lord spoke to me early this morning when I woke up and I was praying, he said, I want you and as many of my servants as have received these signals to be with me in agreement over your nation. It's time to now pray for judgment. Some, some months ago, we were in my office with a group of pastors that I used to pray with over the situation of Nigeria. We pray every... Uh, is it first and third Wednesdays of the month? We pray, we fast sometimes, and we pray from like around 10, 11 to 3 or 2. And one of the days, one of the pastors raised a prayer for judgment, and I refused. I turned it down. Because I am afraid, I don't know how many people will escape the judgment. So I said, let's stay on praying for transformation. Let's leave judgment first. The only person I have been praying for his judgment is Muhammad Buhari. Or whoever is representing. And I'm not hiding it. If you don't like it, it's your business. You can't, you can't kill so many people and go away. This man of God sitting here, some people related to him were killed in Plateau State. And you look at me on the face and tell me, APC is all right. Even you are, you are not all right for saying that. Anybody that thinks APC is alright is not alright himself. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, but apart from him and the people around him that are doing this wickedness, I've not prayed the prayer of judgment to extend to other things and the whole nation. But the Lord brought to my understanding that now that it is my agenda, it becomes your prayer point too. So now, that's why I say I appeal to every one of us to hearken to God's word, hearken, hearken to this message that I want to share this morning. The one I will share this morning, the one I will share on Sunday, but especially the one I will share this morning. Hearken. Because your pastor cannot be among those praying for judgment and you are among those wallowing in the things God wants to judge. I will not be responsible for whatever happens. I apologize to you in the night, Bridget, that I didn't pursue the matter of revival the way I ought to. 
And now judgment is here. But I will not want to put myself in a position to apologize again. So I will pursue this one very well. Your job is to make sure you are available to hear what God has to say. And know how to navigate your life in 2019. So that you can be receiving reward and not judgment. Okay. So justice means to put the law into action. So divine justice actually means putting God's principles into action. So that those who have broken the principles will go in for what they have done. Except they repent of course. And those who have obeyed the principles over a long time will also receive the reward for what they have done. And this action produces balance and fairness in the system. Are you with me? Are you with me? So that's why divine justice will always manifest in two phases. Number one, the face. Not phase. Face. F-A-C-E. The face of divine reward for those who choose to walk by divine principles. For those who choose to live by the word of God. For those who choose to do the word of God. And then the second face of phase two with which divine justice manifests is judgment against those who choose to keep breaking God's principles. Are we together? Go with me to Psalm 50. Let me just establish that for you. Psalm 50. Are you there? From verse 16. Psalm 50, verse 16. Just to establish what I have said. But unto the wicked. Can we read it together? It's on the screen. One, two, go everybody. But unto the wicked, God said, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? Seeing, that, seeing thou hatest instruction and Casted my words behind thee. There are people who give them the word of God. They say, I beg. Cast the word of God behind. They choose their ideas over the word of God. They choose men's thoughts over the word of God. They choose what is convenient over the word of God. They cast the word of God behind them and see how their character manifests. If you were not in the church, the day I made altar call for those who supported APC. I hope you answered your own altar call yesterday. And this is not, this is not because I just want to talk. This is because judgment will come. It will hit them. It will. Verse 18. When you see people who cast the word of God behind them. These are some of the things they do. Verse 18. And when thou sowest a thief, then thou consentest with him and hast been a partaker with adulterers. You see criminals. You see evil in broad daylight. Because it's a party you are benefiting from or you want to benefit from. You say it's, it's, it's good. The president is good. You are a thief. You are a wicked man. 
And if you don't repent of that, when God judges them, he will judge you. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue framed deceit. You configure lies. Vote Buhari. Buhari uh, uh, what, what is the slogan they are using now? Next level. Next level. And you know the level where you were before this man came in. Your tongue is framing deceit. Now, you must understand, God has everything covered in his word. Some, some Christians look to my face and tell me Buari hates corruption. It's either you don't know what corruption is or you don't know who Buari is. One of the above. This same party that said there's nothing like fuel subsidy are giving three times what PDP gave. And yet fuel is 145 naira as against 80, is it 87? No, 97 was the last PDP did. Now we are buying for 145. During this period, we are buying diesel for 200 naira per liter. Diesel we are using in church. Oh, 265 naira, I'm not even current. And they are giving triple subsidy. And a Nigerian that has brain, we say they are okay, they are not corrupt. Who are you? Where did you come from? You say, well... Uh, that's my party. Your tongue is framing deceit. And we're, we're going to scripture to see how God handles that. One man of God said, if you don't see any other person to vote for, if it's only Buhari that is remaining, throw away your vote. <laughs> throw it away. They will give you security. This is the only time I have seen in Nigeria that SAS was involved in kidnapping and committing robbery against Nigerians. Before the noise became too much and they removed the leader. Any Nigerian who still supports this man is either a thief or a blind man. Either for your belly, what you want to gain, or you are so blind, you can't see what even blind men see in the daylight. One crazy politician those days used to see mene mene teke ufasin is audible to the deaf and visible to the blind. One a do crazy member of the house of reps in those days. Hello? Verse, what verse did we read? Okay, verse 20 now. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother and slanderest thy own mother's son. These things have thou done. And I kept silent. You know, when people are doing evil, God doesn't react immediately because he's a patient God. And it's that non-immediate reaction that they assume that God is either not seeing or God is approving what they are doing. If, if God doing this mountain, he reacts, he will kill every human being on earth. All of us, me, you, nobody will live. You doing this mountain, he reacts. I don't know how many times he would have killed me last year. 
So he's not like that. He's a patient God. But don't take his patience to mean approval for what is wrong. He, what is wrong is wrong. What is right is right. It doesn't matter the response you're getting or not getting. This is what I've been trying to communicate to pastors. A wrong doctrine is a wrong doctrine. If you like, fill your church with idiots. A wrong gospel is a wrong gospel. If you like, cover the whole city with your members. It doesn't concern me. I was telling mom, yes, there's, I, I find something in my heart and I hope it's good. If it's good, I thank God for it. I find out that the moment I discover you are using your ministry to promote sin or to portray wrong doctrines, whatever you have achieved, I have no regard for it. No Philip Ibinijes, my friend, said one day, we were discussing in my office, he said, man of God, what you're saying is so true. If you will preach for the devil, the devil will pay you faster. Tell your neighbor what is wrong is wrong. Go. Even if God keep quiet for a while. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such an one as thyself. But I will reprove thee and set them in order before thy eyes. In other words, I am bringing balance. Verse 22. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. That's judgment. Hello. So get out of that face where the justice you will receive will be negative. Enter into that realm. Say a big amen. amen. Where the judgment, the justice you will receive will be reward. So let me quickly this morning show you some of the major things that brings people under negative judgment with God. I call them carriers of divine judgment. In other words, if you find them in your life, what you need is quickly drop them. Because as long as they hang on your life, a day of divine judgment, a day of visitation for anger is coming. The only way to escape that is to repent of them. That's why I know that as many as were here yesterday night and you are not going to continue in those things, I know you have escaped. Because we repented yesterday. If you believe you have escaped, say amen. amen. Number one is what I call continuing in iniquity until your cup is full. Now there are certain mysteries about God that we don't understand. One of such mysteries is how God will see a man or woman doing evil and keep quiet and allow him to be progressing and allow things to be well with him. And God sees another man that is doing righteousness, doing right, and the enemy is attacking the person and things are not necessarily moving and God keep quiet and watch it for a while. I don't know all the reasons. We know so little about God. But I think one of the reasons is God never wants to bribe anybody into loving him or serving him. Otherwise, the accusation of, of Satan against God in the matter of Job would have stood as a truth. Satan said to God, does Job fear you for nothing? You blessed him, you protected him. God said, ah, that's what you think. Or you're less remove the protection and the blessing. 
But one thing I know, however it turns, if you are right, continue in that which is right. If you are wrong, come out of that which is wrong. Because a time will always come when God will remember and visit. Amen? Don't continue in iniquity. One of the reasons also is because he's a merciful God. If God, every small thing somebody does, God kill, God judge, God knock, God do this. How can you say he's merciful? But I tell you something, even Satan knows that God is merciful. And one thing I love about our God, he cannot change his nature because of you. Whatever you're doing, be doing, he will remain who he is. What you're doing, we meet the judgment that is pronounced in due season. So, people often go on with wrong and God doesn't judge them until God believes their cup is full. They've done enough. Look at Genesis 15. I'm going to try and be fast. Genesis 15. From verse 13. From verse 13 to 16. Genesis 15, 13 to 16. And he said unto Abram, Know of a shorty that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge. We will come back to this one. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. May that be our portion. To be buried in a good old age. None of us will be buried prematurely. In Jesus mighty name. Verse 16. But in the fourth generation. They shall come forth. Or they shall come hither again. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Now God had promised to hand the land of the Amorites over to the children of Israel. And God had brought Abraham to the land and showed him the land. Look to the north, to the west, to the south, to the east. As far as your eyes have seen, that I have given you for a possession, right? After Lot departed in verse 14. And then from verse 15, Abraham started praying to God and said, you have not given me a seed. God said, I will give you. Abraham said, how will I know? God led him into a covenant. Amen. Covenant is always very strong and very needful. The last Sunday of seek the Lord and live is our covenant Sunday. Don't miss it for nothing. Especially in the year of justice. Covenant is protection in judgment time. Okay. Having said that, so after he made the covenant, God said, to you and to your seed have I given this land. The conversation went that far. And God now said, but the issue now is that they will have to go and stay somewhere first. And serve. God, why? But I'm already in this land. God said, don't worry. They will come back here. But I cannot take this land from these people because their iniquity never full. They are in iniquity, but the cup never full. <laughs> so imagine that if the Amorites had heard the message you're hearing this morning and decided to change, that cup will never be full, so that judgment will never have come. 
That's the power of repentance. But God wanted to destroy them. God wanted to make sure he hands over. Their land was too good for evil people like them to stay in. And God decided, Abraham, this is between me and shh, don't tell them anything. Just know you will die in a good old age. You'll be buried in a good old age. Your children will go to another land and there serve as servants and slaves. But I will bring them back here. But I will do that when the iniquity of the Amorites is full. How do you know when iniquity is full, judgment begins or God, God begins to talk about judgment? Until God begins to warn. When God is warning about judgment, the cup is about getting full. But the moment he has warned and people don't hack him, the cup gets full, he judges. I, I believe that your cup is not full yet. <laughs> I believe that my cup is not full yet. That's why God is warning us. So what do we do? Anything you know, it's iniquity you have been engaged in. Cease from now. Don't continue. You know, it's dangerous to continue. Because you don't know if it is one more that will fill the cup. You don't know if it is half that will fill the cup. You don't know if it is two more that will fill the cup. You don't know. You don't know if it's one more step and the cup is full. So the best thing is don't continue. And you can't play hypocrisy about this. See, in the matter of judgment, it doesn't concern any human being. It's you and God. Are you getting me? That's why God doesn't like people judging other people. You understand what I'm saying? Because you don't know whether their cup is full or not. The God who sees the cup and knows how full it is and how unfilled it is. Is the one who knows when to start judgment. That's why the Bible says don't judge anything before the time. Don't seek to condemn somebody God hasn't told you I'm condemning already. But what I'm saying with that is the issue of God being filled and God judging is so, is such God's business that you can't afford to be hypocritical about it. Hello? You can't afford to be hypocritical about it. <laughs> ah. Okay. No time. Let me drop that one there. But you got that one. Continuing in iniquity until the cup is full. It brings judgment. Number two. Abusing, distressing, afflicting and misusing God's people. When I saw this one, I understood why God need to judge Nigeria. The abuse of the church is too much. The attempt to distress the body of Christ is too heavy. God can't take it anymore. The attempt to afflict God's people is so much. God can't take it anymore. In the world, an artist performs and they pay thousands of naira. Can I just ask you a question? Let's face reality. Forget name. Forget name. Forget status. Is Davido's voice better than mommy's voice and Pastor Vivian's voice? No, tell me something. 
in the world a public speaker gives delivers a talk for one hour and is paid seven hundred thousand one million in church free music free teaching free prayer free counseling i want you to ask the likes of pastor Boman barista Fubara, how much does it take to consult an attorney for one hour As the likes of Dr. Edward, how much does it take to consult a, a, a consultant doctor for one hour? I sit for hours, I talk to people. If I need a doctor to help their case, I will stay in my office and call a doctor and ask questions and give them free knowledge. If I need a lawyer, I will call myself, I will call, I will call every lawyer in this church. I will get knowledge, I will give them free of charge. And because they honor God with offerings, some offerings that are not up to 1,000 naira a week. And they honor God with tithes, 10% of income. Tongues are wagging. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, please. Hello? Now, this distressing of the church afflicting of the church abusing of the church attacking of the church is what actually pushed some pastors out of what the church is to be used for and they are now using it for another thing so misuse came in and once the affliction the attack the abuse of the church gets to misuse God stands up because that's the only way men or demons take away the church of Christ from him. There is a reason he planted his church. Can I hear you say amen? amen? Let me ask you a question. What would happen if men who speak the truth as I do have the biggest churches in Nigeria, are the most celebrated pastors in Nigeria, are the richest pastors in Nigeria? Every pastor will resort to speaking the truth. Why they are running from it is because it's not as profitable as the wicked things they are doing. So, we blame pastors a lot, but we forget that people also push them. People also push them. So, when the push now gets to the point where pastors and churches are now getting out of the real use of the church to some other thing it has become misused that's the time that's the one god can take that's why jesus carried cord do you know jesus is a gentleman all through the new testament did you ever see jesus flog anybody the highest he can do is rebuke but when he entered the temple and found out that they've changed the house of prayer to a place of merchandise he said hey, my gentility cannot be on this one he took cain why? Because the church is now being misused. Some people are trying to turn churches to scholarship center. Some people are already turned churches to entertainment center. Somebody was telling his brother about the church where he's watching. He said, our church is bubbling. One day they'll bring a consultant on real estate to talk to us. Another day they'll bring a, a doctor to talk to us. Another day they'll bring this, they'll bring that. 
But the Bible says the church of God is the ground and pillar of truth. Not a place for business development ideas. We can bring in that once in a long while. But when it becomes the major thing the church does, there's trouble. The battle between God and Satan has been that Satan wants to sit on the mount of the congregation. That place where they say God is worshipped, he wants to take over and receive the worship. And the only way he takes over is let what God planted the church for be changed to any other thing. So I encourage you, don't be among those who abuse the church. Can I hear you say amen? amen. Don't be among those who abuse the church. The, the, the church is so attacked, so abused. Cristiano Ronaldo that is born when? He's 33 or 34 years old. Just for playing football that adds nothing to your life. Can buy a jet and no problem. Little Davido can buy a jet and no problem. Oyedepo got a jet and the whole Nigeria went mad. As if there's a scripture that says, if thou art a man of God, thou shalt not prosper. It's wickedness. Because when you, when you attack the blessing of righteous men, then you hinder the multiplication of righteous people. That's why God has to judge. God has to judge. The judgment, in fact, I'm beginning to thank God now that he made this year a year of justice. The judgment is very important. And in case you have friends and relations that are among these people, tell them to desist. Many years ago, we had a member, a woman. Her husband was not a Christian. I preached to him. Sometimes we would drag him to church. He would come once. He would not come again. And his job was once him and his friends sit around a table of beer. Pastors is their topic. The wife told me, said they will talk and talk, and when I look at him, he will not say, ah, ah, guys, guys, my wife, pastor, no follow. <laughs> they will start laughing. One Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning, we were in church. He was with a strange woman in a hotel. Somebody came from nowhere, jumped into the fence of the hotel. As he came out to enter his car, pa, 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 killed him instantly. There are some people I see the way they live their life. I always tell mommy, I say, I'm concerned for this person. Because this type of people, one day they just die and they get out. If I see judgment trailing somebody, I know. I know. Many years ago, I was judging a matter between a brother in this church and his wife. She, he has done so wickedly against his wife and I was judging him and I was so furious I said to him that time I was using the office down here I said to him even as I'm speaking to you now I can see the cloud of God's anger resting on you go back and correct this and correct this and apologize to your wife for this he didn't do it I traveled to Lagos to preach they called me he's dead I have seen judgments happen May you not be among those that will experience divine judgment this year. Hello. Look at that scripture we read before. Look at verses 13 and 14. Amen. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a shorty that thy seed 
shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. Now that's an abuse of God's people. Are you with me? That was exactly what Egypt did. But see what God said he will do. Verse 14. And also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge. I will judge. My, oh my. And afterwards they shall come out with great substance. Let me, let me add this to this. It's part of it. Part of abusing and afflicting a man of God or a church is for a man of God to be blessing you and you are denying the church your tithe. It's an affliction because you make the church lack what the church needs to run the, the ministry, to do the work of the gospel. And you make the full-time workers lack what they need to take care of themselves. And many times when you talk about this, some people limit it to money and money that they find and money that they find. People leave their jobs. Are you getting what I'm saying? People leave other things that others are pursuing to be in the ministry full-time. They need to be taken care of. And don't deny them tight and turn around and drop peanuts for them. It's an Ananias and Sapphira spirit. Don't do that. You don't pay your tithes. You don't give your offerings. And then, once in a while, when your conscience begins to prick you, you find one shoe and buy for a pastor. You know what Peter asked Ananias? He said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie against the Holy Ghost? Christians get to the point they start lying about their finances just because they want to avoid faithfulness. And I always say, if you are he that is faithful, is faithful for himself because God will always find a way to bless his servant if his servant is faithful. Mommy was reminding me that the testimony of, of my daughter in worry that I was sharing yesterday that I didn't complete it. After she, God blessed her with God blessed her, she sent me a text. She said, I have another land I had before. I want to give you that one for Thanksgiving. She's not a member of this church. Are you getting what I'm saying? God will always find somewhere. A short while, I think before after Christmas, somebody called me and said, I want to give my, my car for Thanksgiving. Not in this church. What do I do? Do I send the car to Bodakot or sell it? I say sell it and pay the money into my account. So when I say these things, it's not because I lack. It's because he that is faithful is faithful for himself. You are afflicting God's people. You are afflicting God's work when you hold back finances that is due the church. And actually, this is why the world is trying to push Christians into that. Because the system the world have always used to overcome the church, they can't overcome us by themselves. Come on, talk to me. Balaam, Balak could not overcome the children of Israel. Balaam said, just send your girls. Let them dress your prostitutes and move into their camp. Let them commit sin. Their God will deal with them by himself. If their God doesn't deal with them, there's nothing you and I can do. So the devil always wants to push Christians to offend God so that God can smack you by himself. But what saves you? Stand on the scripture. Stand on the scripture. No matter what anybody says, is that what the Bible says? Because if you doubt Malachi 3.10, then you can doubt John 3.16. Because they are all in the same Bible. 
If somebody, an idiot somewhere, can convince you that Malachi 3.10 is not true, or it's saying something else you don't understand, then they can convince you that John 3.16 is not true, or it's saying something else that you don't understand. The foundation and the building block, the auto and the finishing of our faith is Jesus Christ, the word of God. Anything that is not in the world, I'm not interested. I don't care whether it's working. I don't care whether it's not working. I don't care how you got it. If it is not in scripture, I'm not interested. Simple. Give your neighbor high five. Say neighbor. Don't afflict the church. Ladies and gentlemen, if you know the labor ministry takes, that's why the Bible said, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those that labor in the world and doctrines. It's not ordinary to stand here every Sunday, every Thursday with a fresh message, a fresh insight, a fresh revelation. I do some things that, are, that my doctors advise against. You can ask Dr. Edward. Don't do this. It's not good for your health. I say there's no way you can tell a pastor not to fast. Leave that one out. Give other advice. And then you look me in the face and I preach and pray and God blesses you and you squander it without remembering the church. You are afflicting me. You are subjecting me to torture and pain. And if you don't repent, there's no way God will not judge that. He's a righteous judge. Even when people work for you and you don't pay them, God judges that. How much more when a man of God lives? Do you know how many demons want me dead because of you? Because they know that as long as I live and I'm standing in where I'm standing, they know you won't go to hell. Yes, they want me dead. They want me destroyed. They want me out of the way just because of you. And you have the mind to afflict me. How else can you describe wickedness? How else can you describe wickedness? Stop afflicting. And when you do that, you don't only afflict the man of God. There are many people, the poor, within the church and outside the church, that if it is well with us, it is well with them. Because we are, we are not one of the churches that make noise about charity. There are people we've seen through schools. There are people we've taken care of house rents. We can't go on talking about what we do. What about conferences that we sponsor? Rescue pastors from the court at our expense. And you look at that and to you it's not worth committing your resources. Then I don't know what is worth committing your resources. Number, okay, let me read one more scripture on this. First Samuel chapter 15, verses 2 and 3. What are we talking about? Abusing, distressing, afflicting, and misusing God's people brings judgment. And sometimes it is this aspect of financial abuse that leads some pastors to start doing like this to get money. Because when we blame pastors, let's also blame members. I have seen pastors whose children are dying and they don't have as much as 5,000 to take their child to hospital. One pastor came to me one day, brought tight. 
I think the tithe was about 3,000 or 2,000 or so. And his child was very sick. So, after he talked to me, gave me the tithe, I prayed for him. He said he's going to the, to the house. I said, are you not going back to your office? He said, no. I said, why? He said, his son is very sick. I said, won't you take him to the hospital? He said, I would have wanted to, but you know how it is. I said, how much? He said, daddy, I don't know. I don't have the money, so I didn't try. I said, but you brought tight. He said, daddy, first things first. Too. So I took some money and added it to that money that he brought. I said, go now, take your child straight to the hospital. I've preached in their church before. They have at least 50 members, adults. So does it mean that among those 50 people, nobody can bless pastor? So when you now see them start telling lies, start selling olive oil, start selling handkerchief, start giving false prophecy. You say, pastors are bad. Who made them bad? made them bad. Do you know how many pastors have been or would have been thrown out of their accommodation if not for me and mommy? And they have members. If that has been your life, stop it. Can I hear you say amen? Some people will tell you, hey, because uh, the pastor is eating the money. Are you the one that should have eaten it before? Bring ye the tithes and offerings to my son that there may be food in my house. And they that minister at the altar are partakers of the altar. Muscle not the ox that treadeth out the corn. For the workman is worthy of his reward and the laborer is worthy of his wage. If you are angry that a pastor is eating from the income that comes into the church, then go and be angry that a shell worker is being paid by shell. What, what sense does that make? Yeah, just a squander church money. If he squander church money, his ministry will fail. He will face God in judgment. Why are you judging what is not your job to judge? Why are you judging what is God's duty to judge? Your business is to submit your own. What he does with it is between him and God. But deception comes into people's hearts. Selfishness wickedness and they afflict the body of Christ if you have been doing that I pray for mercy over you this morning Amen. that God Almighty will forgive you Amen. that you will receive grace never to do that again so that the judgment of this year will not come on your life in Jesus mighty name Genesis 15 are you there 13 and 14 and he said unto Abraham Oh, sorry, First Samuel. First Samuel. Two and three. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. How he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Verse three. Now go and smite Amalek. And utterly destroy all that they have. And spare them not. 
but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, oaks and sheep, camel and ass. Kill everything they have. Now this was hundreds of years between Saul and Joshua and Moses were hundreds of years apart. And God said, that affliction, they afflicted my people. That attack, they attacked my people that time. After hundred years, I remember it now. May God not remember how you afflicted us. May God not. Because if he remembers, see the tone of the judgment. God is usually someone that is soft towards the weak and defenseless. But he said even the weak and defenseless, as far as an Amalek, I crush everybody. When Abiola and Bashir Tofa were contesting for election, my, my, the church where I was worshipping and serving them, our general overseer told us Abiola cannot be president. And his father was a member of SDP. His father was the chairman of SDP in my local government. His own father, my pastor's father. He said Abiola will not be president. And Abiola was winning. His father started laughing. His father came out to us. We were ministering deliverance. We finished and we sat down in front of their house. His father came out to us. He said, ooh, see you now, see you now. People when God see my picking, they deceive you now. They follow him. He tell us, Abiola no go win. And then they see the result. And the man of God was around. He came out and he said, was that my father? We said, yes. He said, I say to you again, Abiola cannot be president of Nigeria. What was his reason? He said, Abiola bought a shipload of Bible and destroyed it. He said, God Almighty will not allow him to sit on that throne. You see, when you treat God and his people like that, he waits for you at the most beautiful juncture of your life. The most beautiful juncture of your life, that's where he will wait for you to deal with you. He will allow other things to be going well until you get to that beauty. That, that very point. You know, Igbo people call it the day when life sweet you well, well, that's when God will say, I remember that thing you did before. I, I pity Buhari and this generation. You lift your sword and kill ministers, kill God's children. You are finished. You are finished. Your generation is doomed. They are doomed for life. I'm not cursing them. I'm telling you divine reality. That's why I'm warning you. Stay clear from him. Because what we hit him and everybody around him, only heaven can tell. Stay clear. <laughs> you put forth your hands against the Lord's anointed. Among all leaders that ever came in Nigeria, you are the one that have a God to want to remove a general overseer. You are finished. You are destroyed. There's no remedy for, for them. It's over. They've already crossed line. Go and ask Saul when he killed 85 priests. You know, sometimes you expect that when people do such things, then God will kill them back immediately. No. God allowed Saul, chose another king, was waiting for Saul. Until the day he was desperate to hear from God, God said, I'm not talking. Dream, God refused to give. Urim and Thummim cannot be used because you've killed the priest. Then he went to a witch, the same Saul that drove witches out of Israel. 
See how he died. That is, God can play you to the point that you go kill yourself by yourself. Saul was begging for death. He was so wounded, he begged his armor bearer. He said, kill me. Don't let these people meet me. They will not spare me. Kill me, armor bearer. I said, fear no go, let me kill anointed man. Then he took his own sword and committed suicide. Because the same day, under his eyes, Jonathan was killed. Melchishua was killed. His thoughts and what's his name? All his children were killed before his eye the same day. Don't joke with God and his people. You put forth your sword against 85 priests and you think you go away happy, happily ever after. That one now for home video. Not in real life. Oh. Fairy tale, you live happily ever after. After killing God's children. Oh no, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Some people say, is it him that killed them? Excuse me. When they told him all the governors of the state where the violence is happening, what does he say? Tell your people to give them land. They will stop killing. What else do you want him to say for you to know he's the, he's the orchestrator of the killing? I am watching. <laughs> now here are they. I go see this judgment unfold. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because I remember Amalek, what they did to Israel. Hundreds of years ago, but now I remember. And to see how serious God was in this judgment, he said, wipe out everything. Saul went, wipe out something, leave something. God said, even you are going to judge you for not judging them well. Number three. Abusing and despising. The things of God. The vessels of God. Time will fail me to read. Write down Daniel chapter 5. From verse 1 to verse 31. Daniel chapter 5. From verse 1 to verse 31. We have the story of a king called Belshazzar. He made a great feast to his lords. To his wives, to his concubines, to those ruling with him. And as they were drinking and eating, he told them to go and bring the vessels that was taken from the house of God in Jerusalem. Now, this is the mistake some people make. That when God's people or God's servant has done wrong and God is judging them, you think God wants you to put your hand? <laughs> Have you forgotten when David counted Israel? And the angel of destruction entered and started killing. Before David even prayed, when the angel got to the boundary of Jerusalem, God says, enough, hold your hand. You know they pity them. When God is judging, the church in Nigeria has misbehaved. But God did not call you to be the judge. Your business is stay away from the mess. Don't, don't. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Be careful. Be careful. When God is judging his people and you jump. God judged the children of Israel for their idolatry, for their rebellion. And the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, went to Israel. 
break down the wall of Jerusalem, like we read yesterday, break the wall of the house of God, collected vessels of gold and silver and brass, the things they were using to worship God, they collected it from them and went and dumped it in Babylon. God allowed that because Nami Semekon had collected them. But Belshazzar became intoxicated. And he said, where are those gold and silver they brought from the house of God in Jerusalem? Bring it for me. Let me use it to drink wine. Despising the things of God. And he began to drink him and his lords. Let's run for time. The Bible says, as they were drinking, a hand came from nowhere. And the finger wrote on the wall, Mene, Mene, Teke, Ufasen. And immediately, he has never seen anything like that before. His legs began to wobble. They brought in the magicians. Nobody could send it. They brought in Daniel. Daniel said, God say, your kingdom has been weighed in the balance and have been found wanting. Can I advise you, sir? Can I advise you, children of God? Do your best for God not to find you wanting when he weighs you. And God weighs people both with prosperity and adversity. God can give you some money now and it's a test. <laughs> God can also take away some blessing from you and it's a test. That's why learn to be faithful no matter the condition. Learn to be faithful. Don't say, there's no money now. How can I pay my debt? This small 10,000 10, I'm getting. If it's one cup of paid. As a church, there was a time our tithe was no more than 200 naira in a month. And I will keep it, keep it for like five months. It will become 1,000 naira. I will tell my brother, I say, please, I'll pay this into your account. Give me a check. Let me mail to my mentor. The man said, when he received the tithe, the thing used to make him laugh. And I will write clearly, tithe for five months. He said, but from then, I knew that this boy would prosper. Because it's not the amount God is after. It's the heart of faithfulness. In season and out of season. Daniel, how did they weigh me in the balance? He said, you knew what happened to your father, Nebuchadnezzar. And you were not afraid. You went to bring the vessels of the house of God to use to drink, thereby despising and mocking God and his people. He said, God, say, your kingdom is over. That same night, he was killed, and his kingdom was given to another. Don't despise the things of God. Let your amen come out louder and clearer. Respect the things of God. Number four. Don't despise God and his word. Don't despise God. Respect God. Respect his word. Let me hear amen. Second Samuel chapter 12. I need to read this one. Second Samuel chapter 12. Despising God and despising his word brings judgment on people once it continues. Second Samuel 12. Let's read from verse 7. And when the Lord saw, oh, I'm in second. Okay, he's on the. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel. 
and delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. Ah. You see, I find something. Okay, we'll get to there. Let's just go. Let's just go. Verse 8. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives. I'm going to explain this one. Because one person used it to justify adultery. So I have to explain it. He said, after all, God said to David, I give you your master's house and your master's wives. David didn't marry Saul's wife, so. Your master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Okay, let me just explain that verse 8. I gave you your master's wives. Two things it could mean. Number one, people that you were bowing down to and saying, yes, man, began to bow down to you. I brought them under you. Now, assuming you even think it was that if David wanted those women, he could have them. In the Old Testament, polygamy was allowed. And at that time, Saul was dead. So because their husbands were dead, if he wanted to marry them, based on the order of the Old Testament, he could have married them. That was what God was saying. God was not saying, they were at your disposal. God was not saying, immorality is right. Okay. Verse 9. Wherefore, wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord? Hmm. Despised the commandment of the Lord. Look at anyone and say, please, never despise the word of God. <laughs> to do evil in the sight of the Lord. That thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and has taken his wife to be thy wife and has slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Can I ask you a question? Was it David that carried sword to go and cut Uriah's head? So why did God say it's David that killed him? Because he orchestrated it. So why do you say it's not Buhari that is killing the people? You see, you have to see the way God sees. You didn't carry the sword, but you orchestrated. You are the killer. God said, you used the sword of the Ammonite to kill him. You think I didn't know? Everybody may not know, but I know. Boko Haram, Fulani headsmen, none of them is anywhere near even Nigerian mobile police. Why do they seem to be overrunning our, our, our distance? Because there is power behind them. They were permitted to do what they are doing. Hello? So you despised God. Have we finished verse 9? Have we finished verse 9? Okay, verse 10 now. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thy house. Because thou hast despised me. The first one, God said, you despise my commandment. The second one, God said, you despise me. When you despise God's word, you're despising God because God's word is God. And has taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thy own house. And I will take thy wives before thy eyes. And give them unto thy labor. And he shall lie with them, with thy wives, in the sight of the sun. 
For thou didst thy own secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. In every day with Jesus Christ at Lord of Hosts, lives are transformed in every way. Sorrow is turned into laughter. The saints are renewed every day. The sick are healed. The captives are set free. The troubled and the afflicted become triumphant and testifies. At Lord of Hosts International Churches, Eliopramwa Road, of Wimpy Junction, my four, we pre-comport Harcourt, we preach holiness without compromise. Through the inspiring, prophetic, and expository teachings of Pastor Henry, bringing you in close understanding to appreciate life in Christ Jesus.